a young person, essentially breaking off the shackles of the, of the expectations of what they were brought up in so that they can stand as their own person with no restraint and independent individual. Our country is founded on a declaration of independence. And uh, I'm not saying it was a mistake to break from Britain, not in this sermon. <laughs> but nevertheless, it stands as this, uh, this statement of this is what you need to do. You need to be independent. We live in perhaps the most individualistic society that has ever existed. That says above all, the individual and their autonomy must be honored. And there are aspects of these uh, instincts, which, which are good, ways in which people have oppressed others and we need to make breaks from the oppressive forces that humans have put on one another. But when we hold those things up as the good use, the way of human flourishing, it falls down. And I want to point to a couple of ways that it falls down. It falls down because independence and asserting our independence is ultimately incompatible with love. Often, the way we approach love or are pushed to approach love is like a mutually beneficial contract between two parties. I scratch your back and you scratch mine and the two individuals involved will both be better off by this symbiotic relationship. But true love, the love that Christ showed us on the cross, is to say to the other, I am not mine, but I am yours. I do not assert my rights, but I give you rights over me. I submit to you. I am not free from you. I do not have freedom to break from you and do my own thing. I am bound to you. The freedom that the world offers often is a freedom from attachment to others. Whereas the freedom that Christ offers is a freedom from worshiping yourself so that you can attach yourself to others. It is a freedom to love and to bind yourself to others. Not asserting your autonomy and your independence, but giving yourself to the other. And it also falls down because it crushes us. When we are told that the way to flourish is to stand on your two feet and to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, when we start to walk into that, we know that it destroys us because we cannot do it. And we end up with this, this dichotomy between this vision of someone who's carrying the weight of the world and the weight of their own humanity on their shoulders and someone who has dropped the ball. This person who is worthy at best of a sort of patronizing sort of pity. And the truth is we all end up falling in this category. And seeing our flourishing, our humanity in this model leads us to anxiety because of the weight leads us to despair and throws us into pits of, of, of depression. And we live in an age with, with, with higher than ever rates of anxiety and depression and despair. You see this message that gets reinforced time and again in our society.
It smells like flourishing, but it tastes like death. And we are not shown that there is another way between carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders and dropping it all. You can be carried by one stronger than you. Look at Jesus. Look at what we're celebrating here. We're talking about a man who went into death and there found life. What can we say about death? Many things. There are so many aspects and shades of significance in this moment. But one thing we can say about death is that in the moment of death, independence and autonomy are absurd ideas. They mean nothing. You literally have no strength left. There is nothing to stand on. You cannot pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You are dead. <laughs> it is a place of complete dependence. If anything is going to happen there, it's not going to be by your own strength. But thanks be to God, hallelujah, we worship a God who is generous to give life and to give life in abundance. Jesus showed us that the way to life, the humanity 2.0 way of flourishing, is to go into death and to receive life from the generous God, believing that the life that He gives is greater than any life we could grasp for ourselves. Look at Jesus and the choice He makes in the garden, where He says to God, not my will, but yours. And the way that he inverts all of the broken choices that humanity had made up to that point. Compare it with Adam, the first prototype of humanity, in his garden, who was with God, stood with God, and God said, I give you everything you need. You have abundance here. I give you the fullness of life. Be with me. If you want to know what is right and wrong, come to me and I will show you. But if you want to listen to that voice in your head that wants to assert its own strength and its own independence, well, there's a tree and it has fruit. And you can take that grasp for yourself and you can control your own destiny if you choose. And so Adam went to the tree and saw that the fruit looked good to eat. It smelled like flourishing, but it tasted like death. And as he ate of that fruit, that choice was echoed throughout human history as we walked through this morning, through God's nation Israel, who consistently and at every time would choose to try and trust in its own strength, its strength to build temples, its strength to build alliances, anything but depend on the living God who can save them. To put their trust in idols, to scratch their itch of worshipping the transcendent while not being threatened by a God who actually has power, but a God who, who you have power over. A God of stone or metal that you can carry around, that you can manipulate and does not threaten your desire to have your own rights and your own independence. But of course, those idols of stone and wood were only good as paperweights and doorstops. 
They had dead things with no power to save, but they looked to these things, these dead things, to lift the burden that they had chosen to carry. But instead, those idols just became further burdens to them. And we may not be making statues of wood and gold and stone, but we construct idols of everything we get our hands on. Of our, our success, our career, our popularity, our relationships, our image, our status, our prestige. These things that have no power, but we look to them to carry the weights that we feel burdened by. We like them because we can manipulate them, but they have no power to carry the weight that they have to carry. So we have to carry them around and they become burdens to us, dragging us down instead of turning to the God who promises to carry us. The God who says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is the good news of dependence, that God is generous to give life and true life to those who turn to him. What we need is a radical declaration of dependence on the living God. Look through our readings we've had today. The times when God turns up is when people are at the place where their resources are spent. When they're in the wilderness where there's no food for them to gather so God rains down food from heaven. When they're stuck in the belly of a fish and they have no autonomy but to roll around in the asset, or as Lydia beautifully put it, there is only me and my despair and the fish and the sea. But there is also the Lord in that place, giving life in the broken place or in the belly of dry bones where God says, Son of man, can these bones live? Or a people wedged between an army and a sea with nowhere left to turn, so they turn to the God who makes pathways in the sea. Friends, as we celebrate the resurrection, we look to new humanity, a new model of being human, a new way. And that way is thoroughly cross-shaped. One that does not rely on our own strength, our independence, our autonomy, but on our ability to lay ourselves down and depend on God. We are a resurrection people. Resurrection implies that we have seen death. We are people to depend on God in the darkest place and live into the true way of flourishing, which is not our own strength, but a radical declaration of dependence on the living God. His way smells like death, but it tastes like life and life in abundance. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Help us not to trust in our own strength, our own ability to control and manipulate our reality, but help us to lay down our lives before you, trusting that the life that you give is greater than any life that we can grasp for ourselves. 
Lord, may we choose to be dependent on you as your son was when he went to the grave and you rose gloriously from him. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for raising your son. And thank you for leading us into the newness of life. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Amen. Amen.